This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. I think you will love this story. It ended up being quite a bit longer than I anticipated, but I decided to follow it where it wanted to take me. I hope you can settle in and meander along with its twists and turns. Let's hear it. It's called A Treasure in the Forest. Take it away, Veronique. Remember, there are no pictures. You'll have to imagine them in your mind. You can imagine them however you want. Okay, here we go. The boy traipsed through the woods, his boots making tracks in the soft earth. He stopped now and then. He would breathe deeply, close his eyes, and imagine he was truly alone out there in the wilderness, even though he was about a quarter mile from home. After a time, he stopped to take a drink. He withdrew his water bottle from the front pouch of his backpack, then dropped the pack, rougher than he intended, on the ground next to the log. As it jostled to a rest beside him, something fell out of it and settled in the leaves. But the boy was busy watching the sky, listening to the birds, and wondering how he'd get to the real wilderness someday. He put his bottle back in his pack, zipped it up, and headed in the direction of home. The object lay there for an hour before Chipmunk noticed it. She was out in the mid-morning sun looking for food. She rustled in the leaves, seeing if there were any grubs hiding beneath them. Then she saw the sheen of the satin drawstring pouch that held the boy's forgotten item. The way the threads caught the sun told her immediately it was not of the forest. Chipmunk crept towards the forgotten item, stopping every few feet to prick up her ears, listening for footsteps. When she reached it, she stretched out a tiny paw and poked the object. It didn't move. People often dropped things as they traveled that trail through the woods. Chipmunk had seen all kinds of things left behind. Empty plastic bottles were the most common. When Chipmunk found those, she'd sneak them over to old Mrs. Honeywell, a badger who used them to create towers and mazes for the young woodland creatures to play upon. Chipmunk had found plenty of food. A lot of times it was too sweet. She could only have a small bite before she felt lightheaded. Chipmunk had found other things. Mittens, of course. Tall people would hike through the forest with babies strapped to their backs. The babies often dropped their mittens from high up in their perches and stared after them, 
without the words to remark on the loss. Chipmunk stood over the shiny drawstring pouch. She relished the idea that it was hers, and hers alone. A treasure in the forest only she knew anything about. She reached out her little claws and grasped the opening of the pouch, and... What's that? came a familiar voice from over Chipmunk's shoulder. It was her neighbor, a squirrel who was known for being a bit nosy and who was now living up to that reputation. Chipmunk realized she'd been holding her breath. She let it out with a sigh. Squirrel was possibly the worst creature who could have come along at this moment. Feeling Squirrel over her shoulder, Chipmunk looked back at the pouch. It seemed to have lost some of its luster. What's that? Squirrel repeated. I'm not sure, Chipmunk said. The two of them stood there a moment, Chipmunk feeling a rush of disappointment. Her secret was out. The consequences of this swam in her mind. Well, go on, then. Open it up. Chipmunk and Squirrel both whirled around to see Dormouse. Go on, then, repeated Dormouse, as if she'd been involved from the start. Chipmunk shrugged, defeated. Whatever chance she'd had at keeping the object for herself had evaporated. She tugged at the drawstring, and the three of them leaned over to see... Huh, Squirrel muttered. Not of the forest, that's for sure. Clearly not, muttered Dormouse. Chipmunk withdrew the object from the pouch. Or was it two objects fused together? It was something she'd never seen before. I've seen those. Chipmunk, Squirrel, and Dormouse turned to see Weasel who was always showing up at inopportune moments. He fancied himself a storyteller, always with a circle of creatures around him, listening to a tale. It was difficult to know which of the things he said were true and which were not. Really, Chipmunk said, putting her nose to the air to see if any more unexpected creatures were lurking. Not that it mattered anymore. It wasn't like she had any hope of, Yes, yes, Weasel went on, intruding on Chipmunk's thoughts. You stand on them to make yourself taller. The other animals furrowed their brows. Really? Chipmunk set the object down so that the two black cylinders were upright. There were circular glass lenses on either ends of the cylinders, which were connected in their middle. Two of the lenses on the bottom end now rested against the ground. What do I do now? Chipmunk said, looking at Weasel. You hop onto it, Weasel said, exasperated, as if this was the most obvious thing in the world. Chipmunk hesitated. Well, if you're not going to, then I... Chipmunk stepped forward and hopped on top of the found treasure. 
chipmunk was now a good four inches up from the ground, perched one foot on each of the two cylinders, her paws resting on glass. The animals were delighted. For a moment, what do you do now? Squirrel said. Chipmunk stood, balancing on the unknown object. She looked at Weasel, waiting to hear more from him, since he claimed to know so much. Weasel scratched his chin, as if thinking deeply. Well, said Dormouse, raising her brow at Weasel. What's next, Mr. Expert? Uh, Look how tall she is. That's the aim of it, he said, convincing himself as he said it. It was true. Chipmunk was taller. She could see further in the forest from up there. She was nearly as tall as a rabbit. But nothing about it made any sense. This object, whatever it was, was not of the forest. People had made it. And why would a person need such a tiny stool? Chipmunk shook her head and scampered down from the object. That can't be it. Chipmunk explained her reasoning, and they all nodded, except for Weasel, who pretended to be distracted by a fly on his shoulder. It's for talking to creatures. They all whipped around to see Rabbit, looking exuberant. Where'd she come from? Rabbit hopped over and scooped up the object as if she owned it. Chipmunk watched, stunned, the memory of her very personal discovery of the item growing faint. With this crowd, there was no question as to where this was all headed. Rabbit pressed one end against her face, one circle of glass pressing to her ear, the other to her mouth. Dormouse, you do the same on the other end. Dormouse did as Rabbit asked. Now their faces were pressed against either ends of the cylinders. Chipmunk watched this, frowning. Dormouse? Hello, are you there? Rabbit said, her face brightening with anticipation. Dormouse's eyes grew wide. I can hear you, Rabbit. This is amazing. Chipmunk, Squirrel, and even Weasel shared a significant look. Rabbit and Dormouse continued, prattling on, a mere six inches from one another. Your voice sounds so clear. Yours too. This thing is incredible. Until Chipmunk had had enough. She reached out and grabbed the treasure, tearing it away from Rabbit and Dormouse. Everyone stopped and stared. Chipmunk, why'd you do that? Rabbit said, her nose quivering. We could hear each other so well. It was... You can hear each other just fine without it. You're standing right next to each other. Rabbit and Dormouse blinked. Chipmunk felt the heat of embarrassment and guilt rise in her cheeks. But why did she feel guilty? And besides, it was a lot of ridiculous stalling when she and the rest of them knew what had to be done. She felt Squirrel's paw on her shoulder. Chipmunk, Squirrel said. Yes. This has been entertaining and all, but I think it's time. Chipmunk felt a knot form in her tummy. The entire group nodded. No one even had to say it. 
they had to bring the object to the committee. It just so happened that the committee was meeting at that very moment. Chipmunk gripped the object inside its satiny drawstring pouch tightly between her claws. She could barely believe she'd made it to the meeting at all. Her feet certainly didn't want to take her there. It felt as though the other animals, squirrel, dormouse, rabbit, and weasel, ushered her there, pushing her along until, suddenly, they were all standing around rather awkwardly inside an enormous underground room as the committee meeting got underway. The committee chair, Badger, waved them inside. Uh, welcome, welcome. Come in, do come in, Badger said, a faint look of annoyance giving her features a pinched look. We have some old business to discuss, then we can open up the meeting to new business. She turned back to the other committee members. All right, Tortoise, where are we on decorations? Badger rested her paws upon her tiny desk, radiating seriousness. Well, we have leaf garlands from Garlands by Guinevere. I wanted to go to that natural garland shop, uh, Garlands Aren't Forever, over by the river, but they closed last week. Something about bull weevils. Oh, the irony, Mole muttered. Badger gave Mole a withering look. Go on, Tortoise. Right, so we also have acorn towers that will serve as both decorations and snacks. And I'm looking at getting twinkling lights. Good. Make sure you call around and get quotes. We don't want to go over budget. Tortoise nodded and scribbled something on a pad. Mole, have you found a band yet? I found a DJ. I don't know how we feel about I love DJs, Toad exclaimed. Excellent. It's decided we'll go with the DJ. Crow, where are we on activities? Tree swinging contest and seven-legged race are all arranged. Perfect. Make sure you add something for those who get motion sickness. Chipmunk, standing huddled with the others, clutching the treasure against her chest, felt her eyes threaten to roll. What kind of nonsense was this? She couldn't believe this was the group of creatures who would decide the fate of her treasure. How often did they meet? She whispered to Squirrel. Every day, I think. Chipmunk sighed heavily, (sighs) inadvertently catching Badger's attention. Excuse me, is there a problem? Badger said, her eyes locking with Chipmunk's. Every single member of the committee turned and glared at Chipmunk. The room was so silent, you could hear an acorn drop. Um, uh, Chipmunk began, feeling her nerves. Well, no, uh, there's not a problem, but Badger blinked rapidly. Then her eyes settled on the drawstring pouch in Chipmunk's paws. Is that thing... The reason you've interrupted our meeting? Bring it here. Let's see what's so urgent. What's so much more important than our annual forest party? Badger beckoned, waving a paw until Chipmunk stepped forward when what she really wanted to do was run. 
If only she hadn't been found by Squirrel, Dormouse, and all the rest. If only she'd had more time to spend alone with the treasure. Chipmunk set the drawstring pouch on the small desk where the committee sat with their clipboards and their calendars splayed out. She said a silent goodbye, knowing she'd likely never touch it again. At once, they were upon it, removing it from the pouch, passing it around, inspecting it. Toad, the committee's secretary, scribbled observations on his pad. Mole passed the object back and forth in her paws. When it was his turn, Tortoise peered at the object, blinking his small eyes behind enormous glasses. Badger sniffed the object all the way round, a sour look on her face. The committee members talked amongst themselves, as though the rest of them weren't even there. It's like nothing I've seen. Certainly isn't of the forest. Decidedly not. You know the humans. They're always toting around nonsense. Chipmunk sighed once more. She thought back to the several other times she'd had to do this. Bring an unknown object to the committee. Allow them to puzzle over it. It always ended the same way. They'd keep it for themselves, for their collection, as they called it. She could tell the rest of her companions were having second thoughts as well. Squirrel squirmed beside her. Dormouse gazed up at the dusty ceiling. Weasel seemed annoyed. Rabbit didn't appear to understand what was happening. She still looked around brightly, as if something wonderful was taking place. Finally, Badger put the object back in its pouch. Well, thank you all for doing your duty and bringing us this thing. Of course, you know how important it is for the committee to make these decisions. And we do not take our responsibilities lightly. Chipmunk looked at the ground. We have determined that this object is nothing more than a hunk of human-procured material. It has no qualities that would benefit our forest community, and as such, it will be disposed of immediately. Snim! A lanky ferret emerged from the shadows and dashed to Badger's side. Snim, take this piece of rubbish and toss it down the chute. Yes, Badger, Snim said, a strange smile on his face. Chipmunk watched, open-mouthed, as Snim plucked the treasure from the table scampered over to a small, cupboard-like little door in the wall, pulled it open, and dropped the item, drawstring pouch and all, into darkness. For a moment, no one said anything. Chipmunk was flabbergasted. Behind her, Rabbit began muttering, I don't understand. It was a special thing, wasn't it? Why did they throw it out? Badger's expression turned severe. 
Thank you again for coming. Now, if you will excuse us, we have a very important forest party to plan. Badger turned back to her colleagues, and they immediately returned to their old business. Crow, did you invite the Mongoose family that lives on the other side of the old oak? They're known for their... Neither Chipmunk nor any of the others heard the rest of the guest list. With a flick of Badger's paw, Snim was activated once again. He ushered them all out of the tree hollow and into the afternoon sun. There were a few awkward moments of silence after Snim had shut the door behind them and they blinked their eyes against the harsh light. Then, realizing their shared activity had come to an abrupt end, and that they were not, in fact, natural companions at all, they said their goodbyes and scattered in different directions. Bye. See ya. Good luck in life. Only Chipmunk remained, her paws planted in the earth, watching as her erstwhile associates disappeared into the trees. Chipmunk's mind swam. She could hardly process what had just happened. She also could not accept it. It's not worthless, she thought to herself. People did a lot of silly things. Like, a lot of silly things but it made no sense at all for a person to keep a worthless item inside such a lovely drawstring pouch. And just because the committee couldn't see the value in it didn't mean there wasn't any. Chipmunk went right to work, sniffing. She inspected all around the area, and finally, after a long while, got a whiff of what had to be the trash chute. It was coming from a little doorway behind the back of the enormous tree where the committee held its meetings. Chipmunk opened the doorway and saw a staircase descending into the dark. Moments later, Chipmunk was at the base of the stairs, blinking in the dimness. She had ended up in a tunnel, she heard humming. It was strange, eerie humming, and Chipmunk froze for a second, unsure whether to go on. But then she thought of the feeling she'd had when she had first held the treasure. And so she crept along the tunnel towards the humming. <laughs> Chipmunk nearly laughed out loud when she found the source of it. She'd imagined a giant creature, but it was a mouse, half Chipmunk's size. The mouse was in a small burrow-like room, filled to the ceiling with piles of debris. The mouse wore a uniform and dashed about, checking things off on a clipboard. Chipmunk could see all types of things, items the committee must have banished to the trash chute. On the tippy top of one of the tallest piles, 
was Chipmunk's treasure. She had to clamp a paw over her mouth in order to keep from crying out. The mouse scampered about, busily, oblivious to his onlooker. Finally, Chipmunk realized she had to actually do something if she were ever to reclaim her find. Chipmunk began. The mouse whipped around, going silent. Upon seeing Chipmunk, he cocked his head to the side with curiosity. Hello, Chipmunk said. Hello, the mouse said, and again, Chipmunk had to keep from laughing. So dissonant was the mouse's speaking voice from his humming. I was wondering if, perhaps, (laughs) well, the thing is, I found something and- What is it you're looking for? The mouse interrupted. Chipmunk smiled, relieved. She scampered over, feeling a bit out of line doing so, She dashed to the top of the pile and plucked up her treasure, hugging it to her chest. The mouse smiled. I guess you found it. Can I? Well, could I? Once it's been thrown down here, it's fair game as far as I'm concerned. My own burrow is filled with things they've deemed worthless, though you didn't hear that from me, the mouse said with a wink. (sighs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Want anything else? There's plenty in here. No, thank you. Just this. Just this is perfect. Chipmunk scampered down from the pile and headed for the tunnel. What is it anyway? Something special, I presume? Chipmunk felt herself blush. Well, I actually don't know, but I mean to find out. Good luck the mouse said. Chipmunk felt a swell of gratitude for this mouse. There were kind creatures out there, if you bothered to look. Chipmunk nodded goodbye, then dashed away, through the tunnel, and into the forest. By the time she made it back home, to the place where she usually nosed around for food, To the place where she'd first spied the satin drawstring pouch, it was late in the day. Chipmunk scampered through the trees until she found a little spot surrounded by big plants where she could be alone. Chipmunk blinked her big eyes, looking down at the pouch in her lap. She carefully removed the object from its sack. Once more... She was charmed by it. It was beautifully made, with its clear circles of glass on either end and the smoothness of the cylinders connected in the middle. Chipmunk frowned when she saw a smudge of dirt, likely from one of the committee members, handling it carelessly. Chipmunk lifted the object to her eye to get a better look, and Ah! she dropped it to the ground, breathing rapidly. Chipmunk tried to calm herself after seeing something so shocking. It can't be. But when she lifted the treasure to her eye once more, there it was, an enormous caterpillar, huge, lumbering across the ground. It had to be the size of, wait a second, 
chipmunk took the treasure away from her eye. She spied into the distance. There it was, a perfectly normal caterpillar, the size of her little paw, creeping along the ground. Chipmunk had liked the treasure even without knowing what it was for. But now that she'd uncovered its magic, she was delighted. She spent the next hour finding things in the distance. A bird on a branch, an airplane in the sky, a spider dangling in the wind. Then she'd press one of the glass circles against her eye and see her target again. So big she could pick out all the details. It was exhilarating. Even so, she could tell the item, whatever it was called, was not made for someone of her size. Her head was much too small. After experimenting with it, she could tell it was meant for someone who had two eyes that could look through their own circles of glass at the same time. That would be the trick. There was also the problem of vulnerability. Chipmunk was a tiny creature in a great forest, and there were plenty of things interested in catching her. Staring through the treasure at some faraway critter took all of her focus. She had to keep setting it down and peering around, checking to see if anyone was approaching. It was exhausting. No, she decided. This beautiful instrument was made for someone high on the food chain. And so, when Chipmunk heard the unmistakable sounds of a person traipsing through the trees, just as the sun was setting, she knew what she had to do. She wiped the remaining smudges off the circles of glass and packed the treasure inside its pouch. She couldn't resist hugging it to her chest once more. Then, she set it down in the open, resting it on a log. The boy traipsed through the woods, his boots making tracks in the soft earth. His eyes squinted, scanning the ground. Then they lit upon the satin drawstring pouch, the threads of which caught the last of the day's light and his stern expression cracked into a grin. Chipmunk felt a pang of possessiveness and envy as the boy bounded over and snatched up his lost treasure. And Chipmunk had been right. It was a treasure. She could tell from the way he slipped the item from the pouch and held it close. She felt a tempest of emotions roil within her, joy and vindication that she'd been correct, but also the sadness that comes with losing something and knowing you'll never get it back. The boy was still there, having sat down to take a sip from his water bottle. Then he turned, as if tapped on the shoulder, and seemed to notice the moon, a beautiful three-quarter moon, up in the sky for the first time. 
He and Chipmunk both gazed up at it. Then the boy slipped his binoculars from their pouch and pressed them to his eyes. Chipmunk saw how they fit his face. Oh, she longed to see what he saw in that moment, for he was using them to study the moon, to see its shadows, the details of its terrain. She'd never get to see it herself. At length, the boy tore the binoculars from his eyes, packed up his things, this time checking that he had everything. He continued on the trail. Chipmunk watched after him for a long time, long after he'd disappeared into the dense thicket of trees. Over the next few days, Chipmunk kept noticing times when she'd love to have the treasure back, to observe an eagle's nest, to scout out places to forage, Each time, she felt a little pang of loss. It lessened with each passing day until she rarely thought of the treasure. And when she did, she remembered the sweetness of having it, the good feeling of returning it, and the gratitude for experiencing it as intended, even for a brief moment in time. I hope you loved this story, and I hope that the next time you are scampering or hiking through a forest, you find your own treasure, even if you only have it for a short while. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. My in-house tech director, Peter Kay, puts my stories on the internet for all of you to enjoy. Thank you to my Little Stories premium subscribers who are making it possible for me to continue sharing my stories with children around the world. With Little Stories Premium, you get more of the stories you love, an ad-free listening experience, and access to Little Stories for Sleep, an exclusive bedtime podcast. Join by clicking the link in this episode description. Thank you to Veronique for the super important reminder message at the beginning. And thank you, as always, for listening in.